would you name as the key moments in the Jesus story? Baptism, transfiguration, crucifixion, resurrection, ascension. What else could we throw in there? Birth, perhaps pre-birth, cosmic life in womb, stuff of stars. Transfiguration. I'm thinking of light now and of how it shines in the deep indigo sky. I'm thinking of light now and of how it shines in the heart of every single child and of how we can seek it like plants unfurling by the window, stretching out their fragile arms, birthing leaves into air. I'm thinking of light now. And of how Jesus stood, his face shining like the sun, his clothes dazzling white transfiguration. It comes from the Latin, late 14th century, a change of form from trans, across, also beyond to reveal the glory. I'm thinking of falling now, of falling light, of light that has reached cosmos and then which stumbles down, down, down. I'm thinking of Lucifer now, old English Lucifer, Satan, also morning star, Venus in the morning sky, sky before sunrise, literally light bringing from Lux Ferrier to carry, to bear, also to bear children. Gather the little children to me. Whoever so much as harms a hair on these small ones' heads shall be cast into the eternal fire. I'm thinking of Jesus now, Jesus scooping up the little ones onto his knee and telling them stories of sheep and coins and sparrows and flame. The proper name of Satan began with its use in the Bible, translated from the Greek phosphorus which translates Hebrew, Helel ben Shara in Isaiah, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. Last week we heard Pope Francis describe the child sexual abuse scandals engulfing the Roman Catholic Church as the work of the devil. In his final speech, the Pope said that the Church would spare no effort in bringing justice to survivors, would give priority to victims, and that even a single case of child abuse would be treated with the utmost seriousness. But as reported in The Age, Francis could not resist the urge to say that there is no explanation for abuses involving children, and the Church stands face to face with the mystery of evil. What the Pope didn't say is that while the men, while the church believes that the devil is involved, this tragedy is the work and the crime of men. Take two. As reported in The Age, Francis could not resist the urge to say that there is no explanation for abuses involving children and the church stands face to face with the mystery of evil. What the Pope didn't say is that while the Church believes that the devil is involved, this tragedy is the work and crime of men. Men whose sexual desires trump their sense of propriety and morality. Men who knew about the pedophiles in their midst and protected them rather than the vulnerable children in their care. Men who have for decades involved themselves in the systematic cover-up of child sexual abuse. Evil has been observed, documented and battled by religious people for centuries. 
Evil has also been participated in over and over by those folk claiming to represent religion. I'm thinking of the dark now, of how it rises, rises in the hearts of the broken, of how it can overwhelm, how it can overpower. I'm thinking of Pell now, old man, eyes down, clerical collar wrapped around his neck like a noose. Oh, the shame. An old man is but a paltry thing, a ragged coat upon a stick cry pity now. For who does not feel like weeping? And here stumbles this old, old man, who it has been known Ignored, dismissed, covered up, moved on, other brothers, other priests who wielded darkness like a weapon, like a rock, vast mountains of pain. I'm thinking of mountains now. And of Jesus, Jesus and his friends climbing the mountain, the mountain being symbolically, of course, the place where we see God, where we hear God, feel, feel God. And his friends, they get tired, we all get tired don't we? We just want to have a rest. It's too much. It's too hard. And then we look up and behold, and his face shines like the sun and his clothes become dazzling white. And then they do what we all want to do, hold this moment in time, this precious thing when something beautiful and holy happens, something that fills us with grace, grace and that sense, that knowledge, that truth that we are not on our own. We're not, or at least we don't need to be And that together all of us can be so filled with this grace that we can go back down, down the mountain, away from the shining beauty, carrying it with us and do the work. And sometimes that work is truth-telling, even though you are afraid. Just like Jesus was. Remember that moment in the olive grove, the one we retell every year of him falling, falling on the ground, begging, please just take this cup from me. But he too had to choose and he chose to tell the truth, the truth about who he was, child of God, and to tell the colonizers, the Romans, who they were, invaders, and to tell the religious hierarchy what it was, you hypocrites and whited sepulchres. And to tell the truth that everybody... Everybody is loved by God, not just the tribe or the rich or the righteous. Look, he said, picking up the stray child and putting them on his knee. Look, holiness. Yep. He chose to be the truth, even though he knew the cost would be most likely everything. And for many of the victims in the history of abuse, their truth has also been costly. And for some, the cost has been too great and they have given up their story and even their lives. There says my son, sing to him alleluias. Stay here with him. Even though it terrifies you, this is my son. Sing to him, Alleluia's Transfiguration. It's a day when we celebrate seeing Jesus for who he truly is. 
It's a day which teaches us that his journey, like all our journeys, are part of an ancient tradition. And that none of us get to the peak of even a very small hill on our own. And it's the day where we are told very clearly that this experience of seeing Jesus, his face shining like the sun, it's fantastic and it's life-changing. But you know what? It is not enough. We have to leave the mountain and get on with the job. I'm thinking of faith now. I'm thinking of faith now, says the poet David White, and the testaments of loneliness and what we feel that we are worthy of in this world. Years ago in the Hebrides, I remember an old man who walked every morning on the grey stones to the shore of the baying seals, who would press his hat to his chest in the blustering salt wind and say his prayer to the turbulent Jesus hidden in the water. And I think of the story of the storm and everyone waking and and seeing the distant yet familiar figure far across the water calling to them. And how we are all preparing for that abrupt waking and that calling and that moment that we have to say yes, except it will not come for most of us so grandly, so biblically. No walking on the water or light on the mountain, just the saying yes. Yes to what we have always known but been too afraid to see. Which is that we are part of the glory within us and around us and that in the places where the darkness is deepest we are called to be the light. Mm.